There is a famine abroad on the earth, a famine not of bread, for we have had too much of that, and our luxury has made us forget God. A famine not of gold, for the glitter of so much of that has blinded us to the meaning of the twinkle of the stars. But a famine of a more serious kind, and one which threatens nearly every country in the world. The famine of really great men and women. In other words, the world today is suffering from a terrible nemesis of mediocrity. We are dying of ordinariness. We are perishing from our pettiness. The world's greatest need is great men and women. Someone who will understand that there is no greater conquest than victory over oneself. Someone who will realize that real worth is achieved not so much by activity as by silence. Someone who will seek the kingdom of God and his justice and put into actual practice the law that it is only by dying to life of the body that we ever live to the life of the spirit. Someone who will brave the taunts of a good Friday to win the joy of Easter Sunday who will, like lightning flash, burn away the bonds of feeble interests which tie down our energies to the world, who with a fearless voice like John the Baptist will arouse our enfeebled nature out of the sleek dream of unheroic repose, who will gain victories not by stepping down from the cross and compromising with the world, but who will suffer in order to conquer the world. In a word, what we need are saints, for saints are truly great men and women. These words of Archbishop Fulton Sheen, spoken in 1932, are as prescient today as they were then. And in particular, in light of today's gospel and readings, what Bishop Sheen is getting at is the real challenge of putting our faith into works and recognizing that to know Jesus as the Christ, as Peter proclaims in the gospel today, means following him to the cross. That our works are not simply platitudes and pieties, but are sacrifices and deaths. As Jesus rebukes Peter in the gospel, he challenges each and every one of us to step away from the mediocrity of inoffensiveness and niceness. Now, I'm not saying we should try to offend or try to be mean to people. The exact opposite. We shouldn't strive after that. But we sometimes get so caught up in not wanting to hurt another person or not wanting to be hurt that the truth goes unspoken, or we step away from it. This is exactly what Peter is saying. He loves Jesus. He doesn't want to see Jesus suffer and die. And that's exactly what Jesus is going to do. And so he says to Peter, and he says to us, that this is Satan. That Jesus is called and calling us to a life of greatness to step outside of our comfort zone, to step into the truth, to step into the beauty and goodness of life with him, which will sadly hurt, 
but will lead to peace, joy, and eternal happiness. To be blunt, but not as poetically beautiful as Bishop Sheen, Jesus and life in Christ is probably the worst thing in the short term that can happen to our lives because it flips everything upside down. It changes everything. We can no longer pursue the things that we were pursuing with the same vigor if we don't see Christ in them. We can no longer sometimes even be with people we've been friends with for a long time because we recognize that their path and my path aren't on the same wavelength anymore. That doesn't mean we abandon them or desert them, but we might have to step away from that relationship. But in the long term, stepping into this, proclaiming to Jesus, you are the Christ, will change our lives for the better. It is only in that proclamation of Jesus Christ as King and Lord of my life that I or you or any of us will be able to live a life with joy, with peace, with happiness. To endure the cross of Good Friday, knowing that it will lead to the joy of Easter Sunday. Jesus loves us so much, though, that he doesn't just tell us this. He doesn't just say it's going to be really hard and you're going to get there at the end and something good will happen. Jesus shows us the way. Peter proclaims to him, you are the Christ. And Jesus invites him into an even deeper understanding of what that means. And then what does Jesus do? He doesn't just leave it at that. He walks with Peter. He continues to go with him. And then he shows Peter the way. He himself, the Lord and God, goes to the cross. Peter himself, later on, joyfully goes to the cross himself. This is the great irony of life in Christ, is that when we follow him, we will follow him even to places that our, our body, our world, everything else might be screaming, don't do that. But when we follow him, we are set free. Because Jesus shows us that when you go all in to the life of grace, to the life of mercy, to the life of love, to the life of truth, you will have a greater life than you could have possibly ever accomplished on your own. And perhaps today... He's asking you specifically, who do you say that I am? Or maybe you've answered this question, and Jesus is asking you to go all in, to take that next big, deep step. I don't know what it is for each of you personally, but I do know that he's calling you to take the next step to go one step further toward him, to go one step further toward freedom, one step in the direction of greatness. I can also tell you this, it's gonna be incredibly hard. I recently heard a story about a priest who I think is a tremendous preacher, one of the best preachers I know. When he was a new priest, what he had in earnestness, he lacked in organization and ability to proclaim it. He was, to say the absolute least, a horrible preacher. And yet, he wanted to be a great preacher. And everyone knew this. And so one day after Mass, a little old lady came up to him and basically said to him, Father, you're a terrible preacher. 
but you can be better. In my professional work, I've worked with men and women who give public speaking, and I want to help you. She wanted him to be great. He wanted to be great. And together, in working and in dying to self, in taking that step into the unknown, something greater emerged. This is what we are all called to today. To lay down our lives so that we might live. To die to self, maybe in a small thing today, maybe in a great thing, so that something greater might emerge. The Lord is never outdone in generosity. When we turn our face and have our beard plucked or our face set like flint, we are always turning it back to the Lord who will soothe us, the Lord who will help us understand the greater meaning. At the end of the Gospel today, it says, whoever loses his life for my sake and that of the Gospel will save it. What are you called to die to, to die for, to sacrifice for, in order to live for the greatness of God today? I'd now like to invite our development director, Tara Doyon, to come up and talk with us about our capital campaign.